the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Harbaugh. You were sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cut deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to the date day edition of the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And you're listening to the word to stand on for life, a radio program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, life questions, whatever you've got going on. We'll do the best that we can to help today. As you know, is a special day. Paula is with me live in studio. So ladies, it is a day where you are given the priority. If you have any questions for Paula or perhaps she can encourage you in any particular way. 340-9585 is our phone number. That's 340-9585. You can also call us toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also send questions in via our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app, your hands-free feature. All you have to do is hit the Call Now button at the top of the phone, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time, 340-9585. Paula, welcome back. Thank you. You've been gone in a tough time for us. And mm-hmm. Hey, before anything else. Okay. Okay, i got to do this first. Uh, yesterday, I got an well, email from you, Paul. Okay, wait a minute, because I was going to say that this is kind of like my show. I know you like to do all the celebratory things, but it's 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 in my my notes, so I know what he's going to say. So, um, not to be a, a interrupter, but a party it's, pooper. It's kind of my show. So, <laughs> you know that scripture where it says, "Rejoice with those who rejoice, and mourn with those who mourn." And I gave you the opportunity yesterday to do the announcement, but you kind of blew it. So, um, we, you know, we've been rejoicing that Daniel and Jessica are now married and how sweet, you know, their, their uh, pre-marriage counseling was and, and the wedding of, not the century, but the wedding of, you know, quite a few years. He's been waiting for this day since he was a little kid and how wonderful it all turned out and how much in love with Jessica we are and, their, and, their, and her family as well. And then uh, Nate and Tina, you know, they're rejoicing because they just had a pretty good-sized baby girl. No, <laughs> not pretty good-sized, a giant. <laughs> Ten pounds, eight ounces, and we get pictures of her um, while we're at Joanne's funeral, you know, rejoicing and rejoicing and then morning and morning. And then, you know, while I'm gone, as you guys all know, we, we lost uh, Nehemiah in a tragic accident, and being away from my church family was, it's, it was really hard, yeah. Um, and then yesterday, you know, while we're mourning, you know, because we're not going to get Nehemiah back, a radio listener that we've been praying for you every single day. and For years. For a few years now, yeah. Ola sent me a picture, and the little apparatus said, I like this one much better because is it dark blue, light blue, is it turquoise, you know? <laughs> no, this one says pregnant. That's what I'm talking about. And so... Um, we rejoice 
and then we mourn all at the same time. Um, and the Lord is still very, very good. So congratulations, Ola, Nate and Tina, Daniel and Jessica. And, you know, even the families that have lost loved ones, in these cases, we know exactly where they are. And though the, the loss is stinging, um, you know, it's, uh, it's not a hopeless loss. It's not a hopeless thing. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say congratulations. You know, it's been such a privilege to pray for you daily for years now uh, since you asked uh, in response to a program, uh, you asked to be put on that prayer list. And um, I, I just love to hear God answering prayers. So congratulations. And now um, I'll be praying for the health of your baby as as um, he or she grows in your womb mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and all goes well. So keep us informed about how you're doing and uh, what a wonderful, wonderful email to get. Mm-hmm. But Paula, you, I didn't blow it because all you sent me was a picture of that EPT thing. Yes, but you did not scroll down all the way, Pastor Rob. I don't see things, so it's... But I didn't blow it. You just didn't scroll down. Oh. I should send those things to Sam, who can then relate them relate them to you, especially for the radio program. Um, but yeah, no. I was so excited. I was like, woohoo, hola. Is pregnant. That's yeah, all you had yeah. to say. Put Ola is pregnant. And then show me the picture. That's what I'll, I'll do in the future. I'll try to remember to do that in the future. Because you just see the picture and you're like, why she sent me this? I thought we. I thought you were having a miracle baby. <laughs> I thought you were in Atlanta. You, you left me. You went to get some pregnancy thing. Uh-huh. And, and, and it's then positive that you said. So I said, are we having a baby? <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. You and know then what? you didn't respond to that. So I thought, well, maybe she's afraid to tell me now. We're having a baby. So. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. He missed it for you. That's right. That's right. You wouldn't be the to announce it. That's so sweet. Um, but, yeah, no, babe, if we were to have a baby right now, we'd be having our own grandchild. <laughs> Get it? No, I'm not pregnant. Okay. Okay. Could happen. <laughs> no, it can't. Let's change the subject. Thank you so much. God can do all things. <laughs> we can do all things through Christ to give us strength. <laughs> can we move on? <laughs> can you? Ma- no. <laughs> okay, Abraham, that's right. No, 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 no. No, the Lord loves me. I, I'm, I'm really thrilled for the kids that I have and the kids that they have. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No. Um, so while I was away, and you guys were over here, you know, uh, loving on the Perez family and each other, I was so proud of you. All this, you know, it didn't surprise me one bit, though, um, that this family is such a family. And when one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. And boy, did you all just run to comfort and though it was difficult for me not being here, especially to, it, when you would come home, to be able to maybe grieve together. Because while I was away, there, you know, I really couldn't grieve. I'm trying to be, you know, the tightest two older women to other other pastor's wives. Um, yeah, so it, it, was, it was very difficult. But God was assuring me that he had it taken care of, and you guys all did very, very well. So I'm proud of you. Um, but talking about being uh, over there ministering to these younger pastor's wives, you know, there some of them you look at, and they're like deer in the headlights, you know, and, and they need to know that the things that they're going through, you know. Uh, uh, I couldn't tell you how many were going through actual church splits right now, you know. Um, in some cases, uh, like we we know, when people from other Calvary chapels or mature that we think are mature Christians come to our body, it's like, whew, a warm body who wants to serve and knows about Jesus. And kind of sometimes you can tell that people put other people on staff or entrust them with positions way too soon. And uh, a lot of them are finding out that that's not such a good idea, you know, instead of just, uh, uh, what do you call, um, interviewing people for a position, they, they're they not really watching their lives, 
and uh, and you can see the tragedy that results from that. That's why Paul told Timothy not to lay hands on anyone suddenly. And you know the idea that we have to have leaders come in or people come in and serve beside us. I think the, the, the way that God works in the church, Paula, is that he develops leaders from those he brings. Mm -hmm. And we're so anxious for help. Mm -hmm. We're so anxious to look like a church and do ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, you've heard me say this many times over the years, but uh, I, I think the one thing that we did well here at Calvary Chapel is uh, in our, going all the way back to the very beginning, 23 years ago, the one thing that we did well is that we didn't try to do anything that we didn't have people to do. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we weren't uh, sort of a slave to a picture of uh, what a church looks like. We got to offer this, got to offer this. We just did what we had the people to do. And, and in the process, God was bringing people. And a lot of those people over a period of years uh, stepped forward because they were, they were developed by and prepared uh, by God for the very work that he's called them to do. Mm -hmm. I think we just get too impatient. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, and a lot of the, the guys, the wives are exceptionally proud of their husbands, but what happens is when they go out and they're, they're now the senior pastor, not an associate pastor, or, you know, somebody on staff just helping out, now they're the guy. Um, they're working, many of them, full-time jobs and full-time church, and they're, without thinking about it, um, neglecting their family, you know. Um, they're, they're gone first thing in the morning, and then they're not coming home till really late at night because they've got to have time to study. And some of them can't study at home because they have two, three, four, five kids, and so they are at the church. And um, I was telling them about, you know, uh, date day, um, and they're like, what? I said, just pray. Don't nag him because he's trying to honor God in this calling. And so I, I, I relate to them one time that maybe a couple times where you have said, you didn't have to consider me. And the first time I heard you say that, I said, I was quite offended by that. What do you mean you don't have to consider me? You know, kind of thing. But it wasn't that at all. It was, you don't have to consider that. Um, you're taking too much time because um, I know now that, you know, of course, you're working really hard that people would get saved. And, um, and for them not to grow resentful or bitter at all, just understand. And, and, and just talking to them, you can see the perspective switched, mm -hmm. you know, because our husbands are called and want to please the Lord so much that they're, they're striving head on, and they are assured that you've been called, that was the problem. Some didn't feel like they were called. And so with that mindset, it's like like you were saying um, a long time ago when God told you about day day, I was afraid that you were going to be as devoted in the church life as you were in the car business life, and I'd be left out again. Well, that's where some of them were thinking and I said, but you know that's not the case. Yeah, and I think I think the the, the perspective, Paula, is is skewed in such that um, you know you mentioned a moment ago that I was I, I, you were afraid that I'd be as committed in church or devoted, you said, in church as I was in in the car business before I got saved. Uh, I'm I'm a uh, uh, hundred thousand yeah. times more devoted to this. Yeah. The difference is that from the beginning you're my partner in this, so it's not a not a, a, a you worrying about the church taking too much of me. It's this is what we're called to do, mm -hmm. and I, I think there's just a lot of young couples that go out. Maybe they're gifted, um, but they're not gifted enough to understand that if I'm married to the pastor and the pastor's called, then I'm called. Yeah. And uh, I also think that sometimes um, they don't work through these things. They don't sit down and talk about these things so that they can be in agreement. Mm -hmm. um, walking, how can two walk together unless they agree to yep. do so? Yep. And, you know, it's just for a, for a pastor to assume that his wife is going to be okay with everything mm -hmm. when many times he's taking a person who um, a lot of these young people haven't been married that long. Mm -hmm. They're not that mature. Yeah. And 
you know, I think one of the things that you've got to do is you've got to understand that this is a calling that requires 100% commitment to your uh, of your life, mm-hmm. uh, and that has to be done together. It can't be him doing one thing and her doing another mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's only going to create more difficulties. Yeah. So it was really a, a, a pleasure, not <laughs> what I'm about to say is, being the older woman, <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, I am the older woman. I am in that generation now. Um, grandma to a lot of these, you know, grandma age to quite a few of them. But just to see, because uh, one girl in particular, I said, and when he asks you what's wrong, that's your opportunity. Don't say nothing because he cannot read your mind. Um, you got to, when when things are you know, calm, not when you're all emotional. Babe, we need to talk about something, you know? And this is how I'm feeling, and and our child is starting to um, voice that as well. Why is Daddy never at home, you know? And so talk about it in a civil way. And so the best, the best way to do that is when you're in the Word together. Yep. You know, those are the things that always come up. God's Word is living and active. Yep. And, and there's always problems behind the, the perceived problem. Mm-hmm. And if they're, if they're talking together and they're in the Word together, um, you know, issues need to be resolved. They can't just simmer under the surface. Yeah. They need to be resolved. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's a, a weakness of not just pastors and their wives, but the entire church. Yeah. Uh, body. Yeah. Another thing is, I um, they were kind of like surprised that I go to all three Sunday morning services um, and wouldn't miss. But I'm at a different, different kind of a station for a lot of them because they have two, three, four, and five kids. Um, but it was a, it was good to look into the eyes and just kind of talk to them. It's very encouraging. Quite a few of them want their husbands to meet you, Pastor Ron. <laughs> I can promise their husbands won't be that excited. But, you know, let, let me take a chew on that for a minute. The the, the um, uh, it's amazing to me that pastors' wives aren't at all services. It's amazing. Not a you have to do it. But our job as partners in this ministry is to minister to the people. It's mm-hmm. about the people. Mm-hmm. It's not about one service on Sunday or a weekend service, um, uh, or weekday service, rather. Uh, but, but you can't minister to people in third service if you're only here one yeah. first service. Yeah. Um, so the, the point of, of this is that you've got to be investing in the people. And we have young pastors on our staff yeah. with four children yeah, and five, five children yeah, yeah. and they're here all three services yeah. and the kids are there and the kids love it mm-hmm. the kids love it we've we've talked about this a long time ago but but uh, dark church dark you know, church pastor yeah. lane and jocelyn's mm-hmm. kids uh dark church day is their favorite day what yeah. that means is that they're up when it's still dark on sunday on sunday yeah and and it's like oh dark church day yeah and 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 they're you know they're involved in ministry and they're involved in uh um, their, their classes, they're they're helping lead little kids worship. They're just all kinds mm-hmm. of things. We got them that work in the ministry and mm-hmm. in the nursery with mm-hmm. babies. So uh, you know, the, this is a good time where the family can get together and say, "This is who we are yeah. and what our lives are committed to." Yeah. And I think a lot of people just haven't made that um, decision, that that level of commitment. Yeah. And and frankly, I don't think people have a, any business being a pastor of a church if they have made that commitment. Mm-hmm. Now, there are exceptions when uh, a lot of pastors' wives are sick, they have physical problems, mm-hmm. or they've got sick children, yep. those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, I would never have uh, uh, tell my my pastors that their wives have to be here all three services. Yeah. They're here because they want to. Mm-hmm. And they're serving, but um, if they have to go home and take care of kids, they go home and take care of kids. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's just yeah. things to confusing to me yeah. this is I know but it that's the cool thing because I wasn't even going to go you know because things have been so busy I had already told myself no and then I got a second invitation this is how I got it did you not see my invitation I really want you to be here so I, I go and you know get to be able to use my gift of encouragement and you could seriously you could see the light switch um, because some um, know their husbands are called, but it's hard. 
I didn't think it was going to be this hard kind of a thing. And so being committed in that Amos 3.3, like you just said, how can two walk together? They need to know that they are a team and serving together. That's what you're talking about with, with um, the family, who, their kids are dark church. We have a lot of families in this body. It's a family affair, and they all serve together. And no matter what's called, like you were even saying about the Biasteros family the other day, when the gift of hospitality, the whole family's involved in that. It's not just mm -hmm. Don and Sam, the whole family. Um, when kids are involved, especially their kids, are, they want to minister to those other kids. And so making sure they're all on the same page is key. And here, and that's not just pastor and wife, that's husband and wife. Yeah. You know, Paul, last uh, Sunday in our Bible study, um, in, we're, we're finishing the book of Romans. And um, in the last chapter, uh, Paul is saying goodbye to people, or greeting people, mm -hmm. and, and telling them to take care of this person this person. Um, um, when he mentions Priscilla and Aquila, um, that they're the only example in all of Scripture of what we would call a godly New Testament marriage. Now, Ruth and Boaz, we could say that's a good marriage. It was an arranged marriage, and, and he fell in love with her, and, and he was a great guy. But, but he was older and, and more mature. Um, but, but, but you can look from cover to cover, and after the fall, there's no example, not one, of a godly marriage until you get to the New Testament and find Priscilla and Aquila. And, and we would think that wouldn't be the case. We would think that, that mm -hmm. good marriages would abound. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's just not the case. The reason their marriage is exemplary is because they are committed to serving together. They're using their gifts that God has given them mm -hmm. to complement one another. Mm -hmm. In this particular case, it appears that Priscilla was the uh, more gifted of the two in terms of dividing, rightly, rightly dividing the Word of God. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but still, Aquila was the head of the household spiritually. So they complemented one another. They didn't compete with one mm -hmm. another. Mm -hmm. And they were all in all the time. And I, I said this is a family that churches followed around. They had a church home in Ephesus mm -hmm. and another church house in, in uh, Rome. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the kind of thing that happens. Paul, let's take, we're inside uh, five minutes. Let's take a, a phone call. We got Linda from Bolverde. Linda, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, I was listening to the radio. I didn't hear anything about you picking up a phone. Oh. Um, I have a question. <laughs> totally caught off guard. Um, either one of you, or both of you, um, someone invited my husband to do the walk to Emmaus. And although I've heard of that, um, I've never done it, and I've never been to a church that promoted it or whatever. I just was curious if you had... Um, an opinion or an experience, you know, with Walk to a Mass. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay, thank you very much. I can okay. I can handle that one. The the, the Walk to Mass is a, a three day um, they call it a journey, uh, that started out of the Roman Catholic Church. Um, it is popular among both Lutherans and Episcopalians now. And it's just sort of a of a of a, a weekend uh, retreat. Um, obviously, the the difficulty with it is um, is the the um, I want to say this tenderly uh, is the theology, the doctrine of the churches. So no, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend anybody go um, when you're going to be taught bad doctrine. I love people getting together. I love as you've heard me say in this program many many times. Um, when when people go retreat and they take some time just to spend uh, time with Jesus, and sometimes it's husbands and wives doing it. Um, but uh, doctrine matters, and it matters a lot. And uh, the three groups that I mentioned, the Catholics, the Episcopalians, the Lutherans, all have such problematic doctrinal issues. Um, you know, you don't. I, I wouldn't want anybody I cared about going, getting, a, having a weekend goosebump experience, uh, and and getting indoctrinated with bad doctrine. So it's not something that I would recommend at all. Um, there's lots and lots of good stuff out there, um, but I, I just don't think it's um, uh, it's just something that 
that I could recommend at all. We've had people go, um, been invited by, by Catholics and their family, um, but um, I, I don't think it's um, I, I, not advisable. Thank you for calling, and I'm sorry I caught you off guard with a phone call. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Whatever you've got going, uh, calls for Paula now that she's back. 340-9585. Paula, we got just inside of two minutes. Oh, you know, with the Amos 3 thing, 3 thing, 3, three thing, whew, say that three times fast. Um, you know, you're the pastor. I'm not. But we are walking together, and, you know, I was... Going back to while I was not here this weekend, um, how well taught our church is. And, um, you know, you teach them, and then I exhort them or encourage them, okay, let's go do what he just said, you know. I I love that we're working together in that way, and, and that um, even while I'm out of town, this church doesn't need me, you know. Everybody. I did. <laughs> everybody's so hands down, heart open, ready to go to help out. I just, I'm so pleased. We've got 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the program. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Ladies, this is a day especially for you. If you uh, men out there have questions or uh, want a woman's perspective on something, Paul will be happy to help you too. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Well, welcome back to the second half of the Date Day program. 340-9585 for your live calls. Now, you can call about anything. It doesn't have to be just what Paul and I are talking about, but... You know, it's amazing the, the, you know, as life goes on and we, we go through these kind of, of difficult times, the tragedy that we just suffered, um, the, um, um, the good things that are happening, it just all gets poured into one. Um, Paul, it was really hard uh, not having you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've had bad things happen when we were gone on vacation. And we know that people are taken care of, and but but uh, this is the first time when you and I were separate, mm-hmm. and you were mm-hmm. a thousand miles away in Atlanta, and um, uh, you know, what I thought was going to be three days of kind of rest and just preparation, it just didn't turn out to be no. that at all. Yeah. So. I don't want you to go, ever. See, I don't know. I'm leaving twice in April. I know. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, we just got a, a, a text. Sheba's mom as well. Praise the Lord. Thank you for letting me know, Sheba. Um, okay, another thing, kind of a question. That's Dr. Sheba of Multi Medical. Mm-hmm. Another question um, I was faced with is, what what uh, women's ministry books do you use? And I was like, none. We only study. And they said, well, what book are you in? Second Peter. You know, um, here's a question for you, Pastor Ron. Uh, and I already know the answer, but I'll let you, you talk a little <laughs> while. Um, so what is your take on studying other people's books, study books, Versus the Bible. <laughs> take it away. I got a, got a little bit of a headache. I'll, I'll take an aspirin and it'll be gone by the time you finish I, with sorry. this one. No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. So, I'm sorry. I only have 30 minutes. And <laughs> yeah. You know, as you know, Paula, I'm, I, I, I often get discouraged at the state of the church. Um, and this is probably the area that is the most concerning to me. Um you said a few moments ago that, that in this tragedy you were gone, but our church is a well-taught church. It's, it's not about me doing well. It's, it's about me being faithful to teach the Word. Um, no matter how old you are at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio, when you come to a Bible study, you're going to actually study the Bible. 
whether it's a Sunday or a Wednesday or a Friday or a Monday night men's or women's study. Uh, if it's, uh, we have a Thursday morning ladies group that um, has been meeting for a long time. Uh, but but it, they study the Bible. And when these pastor's wives started asking about, well, what women's ministry books do you recommend or what recommend, what women's ministry books do you, do you teach through? Um, it, it, for, for me as a pastor, seeing all of the, the wonderful work God has done uh, supernaturally by teaching his word, the word of God going forth, meeting willing hearts, empowered by the Holy Spirit, changes lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't say the same thing. Now, I, I love to read, especially when before my eyes went, I, I, I was a, a devourer. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good thing to read. Um, but there is no book on this earth written by God. The books are written by men. Save the Bible. And why would we spend one minute of Bible study time if it's really not studying the Bible? Why would we study Tozer? And I love A.W. Tozer's writings. Mm -hmm. Um, Why would we study... Um, um, Calvin or Luther or any of the the, the, the giants of our faith throughout the years um, instead of studying the Word. Now, when we're teaching the Bible, um, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, proclaiming Paul's epistles or Peter's epistles or James or, or the others, John's, um, a book written by God is empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to change the lives and the hearts of men and women who hear it. That's not true if we say, well, today we're going to study uh, A.W. Tozer. And one of the classics of all time, The Pursuit of God by, by Tozer, is, is terrific. But it's not as good as Ephesians or Philippians or Galatians or Hebrews or, and you get the idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the idea that pastors and their wives are taking men and women through these books instead of taking them through the Bible is so offensive to me. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked at the lack of faith that we have in the Western church. You know, uh, we, we've talked on this program many years ago about those Coptic Christians that were beheaded by ISIS on the beach that the whole world saw. Um, we don't have that kind of faith Mm-mm. because we have no foundation because we're reading 40 Days of Purpose instead of reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, 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 we're calling something a Bible study that's not a Bible study at all. Now we're talking about a book that's about the Bible. But wouldn't we be better off supernaturally empowered by the living and active Word of God? And Paula, it is just frightening thing to me that this is now so commonplace. Now, we're only talking about Calvary Chapel here because these are my colleagues. These are the, the, the people that I've grown up with and those who follow them. Um, but, you know, we've planted a lot of churches and the churches that we plant follow our example, teaching the Bible. Um, when our children come in to the toddler room, they get taught the Bible verse by verse. Now, at their own level, mm-hmm. whether it's the kindergartners or the first graders or the sixth graders or the high schoolers, verse by verse through the Bible. And that's what's enabled us to deal with these kinds of tragedies. And what, what we're being told by people who are looking for how-tos is that they're really not workmen studying to show themselves approved, rightly dividing the Word of God. Uh, and, it, and it demonstrates they don't have a, a complete trust in it. Yeah. And when you communicate that to a body of believers that you're supposed to be shepherding, it is a frightening thing. It is a frightening thing. And it is, um, um, for me, um, a, a, an absolute tragedy that we're watching happen. And in our own group of churches, Calvary Chapels, um, you know, now we're the old dudes and dudettes. <laughs> Um, these guys in their 30s who are planting churches haven't been taught to anchor themselves to the Bible and teach just 
that. Yeah, yeah. They're teaching, um, you know, books and and videos. So you know, and that could have been. I remember when the lady who was teaching here went sideways, and so now I have to step up and teach, and did not feel qualified at all, and yet. The Lord said, I want you to do that. And so you study, you know, and, and I feel like I'm growing with the other ladies who I'm in the rotation with. Um, one, by coming here and listening to all the other studies, but getting into the Word myself. And the Holy Spirit is pretty okay. And then what I do after I feel like I've heard from Him, then I will you know, read a couple of commentaries and then before I teach anything, I always listen to what you've taught um, because I don't want to, you know. Come up with a different conclusion? Yeah, <laughs> that would just be horrible, you know, and so far so good. Um, but yeah, some some don't feel called to teach and, and I think of all the things that um, happened here, I wasn't forced to be put into a position that I wasn't ready for. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, a pastor's, being a pastor's wife, if you're, called, if you're married to the pastor, you're called to be a pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make you the Bible teacher. Yeah. If you're not gifted to teach the Bible, God will bring others around you who are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you would have refused to do it, or if God simply said, that's not your gift, um, then what would have ha- ended up happening, at least for a time, is I would have taught him. Mm-hmm. All ladies gathered together, and I would teach them. Mm-hmm. But but the, the point is, God doesn't need us. He delights to use us, and he's waiting for people to step up and say, okay, use me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he can't show himself strong on behalf of those who really don't trust his word. That's right. I was telling the ladies, you know, if you're faithful to put the word in, he'll be faithful to bring it out. And if he's called you to teach your ladies, he'll equip you to do it. You know, you said to me in conversation, this this conversation with the lady started, they asked you about a, a book on fasting, you know, a good book on fasting. Mm-hmm. And um, your response was, well, Isaiah chapter 58. There's nothing more that you need to know about fasting. Mm-hmm. Well, no, 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 I mean a book and uh, how to, but it, it makes no sense to me other than to say that we just have lost trust in the word of God. I've been dealing with people with a lot of problems and and every time the problems come into this office, every time, uh, I can tell that the word's not being read at home, mm-hmm. that, that people aren't studying either individually or as a married couple mm-hmm. or as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, they've got their little verses that they hold on to, but they don't know the context and understand and if we who are supposedly leaders in the church don't get it, how can we expect anybody else to get it? Mm. You know, uh, when, and, and the reason this matters so much, and, and my heart is extra tender now yeah, because of what we're going through. Yes, I understand. Um, Hope we're not bringing everybody down because no, we're both yeah, kind of no. like a little on the somber side. Well, this is it's it just, it's feel, a hard time. It's you know, a that's, hard time. That's it doesn't reality. even feel real. Yeah, that's the reality of... of of life yeah, and ministry. Yeah, yeah. But if this church wasn't equipped by the word, tragedy like this would destroy us. Mm-hmm. And our job is to prepare, prepare for these things. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. People will hate you. They will insult you. Um, you know, being a Christian isn't easy. The only thing harder, in fact, is not being a Christian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the Word of God prepares you for these things. It builds, it edifies, it strengthens. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen when we open things. Now, I want to make something clear to the audience. Um, uh, I love commentaries if they're good commentaries. And there was a time when I could read when I devoured those as well. But it always came either alongside my study or after my study. And the perspectives of giants, I've given names of some of F.F. F. Bruce, was so influential in, in shaping my, my Christian life. Um, 
um, uh, Alfred Edersheim is another who's been just a giant for me personally, and I could go on and on and on. Uh, but reading them without having a foundation in your Bible, reading them without knowing what God is speaking to your heart, um, means you're going to end up teaching what they say yep. instead of teaching what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to quote them every once in sure. a while, but, yeah, you've said this word twice, and I, I was, you know, kind of boasting in the Lord because he's so good, but you said this word twice already, foundation. And that's why I told those ladies, I, I, I call you Mr. Foundation, because the Lord from the beginning has has taught you or given you this gift of, you know, let's not just fix the problem, but the way the problem will be fixed is let's get to the foundation, clear off all the rubble, like in Nehemiah, clear off all the rubble, and then we can begin to rebuild the walls and fortify um the temple, us, fortify the calling, fortify our marriage, just everything. But I call you Mr. Foundation. Let's clear the rubble, get rid of, like you say, keep short accounts with the Lord. Um, knowing the word, doing it, because knowing it is one thing, but doing it is really knowing it. Um, and so, again, quite a few of those girls would love to meet <laughs> Pastor Ron and... Um, yeah, you can just tell there. Some of them are just a little bit nervous. How do you really do this? And how do you endure? And we've been there. We've done that. Because, you know, I remember telling you, how come we just can't have six-month savings? That made sense to me. And that's where some of them are. It's getting really hard. I mean, we used to have some savings. And, and one of them, my husband just got laid off. And how are we going to pay this and how am I going to, she's crying, how am I going to feed my kids, you know, we're called, but not necessarily, I said, no, your whole family's called, your whole family's called, God knows you got three or four kids, you know, and just to say, God's not going to dump you, he knew where you would be today, can you trust him, will you trust him, and so I'm hopeful that the few that I got to talk to, you know, individually, and then a couple of them were in groups, that, um, because I've already been there, done that, shaking, me and my knees knocking and shaking, and seeing how faithful God has been to me, I can turn around and then encourage them. In other words, comforting them with the comfort I myself have received, because the Lord has really been faithful. And, and yes, I'm precious, but so are you. And so it, it, was, it was good. I, if they invite me again, I'll go. <laughs> Three four zero ninety five eighty five. We've still got a little bit of time for some phone calls. Three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. I want to add one more thing okay. to Mister Foundation. I remember when you first became a Christian, and I'm already saved. You know, just out there floundering though. But I was reading so many books about the Bible. So many books without discernment. And quite a few of them were by false teachers. And it made sense to me, but I think it was appealing to my emotions and... uh, Flesh. Yes, and my (laughs) flesh, that if I prayed hard enough and long enough, and if I did this or that, then God was kind of um, owing me. I was entitled to for him to pay me back for my faithfulness kind of thing. But you being Mr. Foundation, you said, Paula, put all those other books away. You need to know God's word so that when the false comes along, you'll be able to discern what's right and what's wrong. And so, uh, again, going back maybe to studying other people's books, not that they're false teachers or anything, but if we don't have that foundation, we will get, we'll be tripped. You know, I think part of the, part of the issue, Paula, is that we don't want to wrestle with scriptures. We want somebody to tell us what it says. Uh, one of the things that I've said on this program and to our church repeatedly over our 23 years is don't get study Bibles. Yeah, no. You know, get a Bible, just a reference Bible, and, and, and just get a Bible that has nothing but Bible in it. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is with a study Bible, the first place our eyes go is to the bottom where the notes are. Yeah, that's cliff notes. When we, when we come up with, uh, across something that we don't want to struggle with or something that we're not quite sure of. Yeah. We want the easy way to do it. 
And, and uh, you know, we need to wrestle, really wrestle with the Word. Uh, I remember uh, as, a, as a very new believer digging deeply into the Word, uh, I had to wrestle for months with this whole idea of election or predestination. Mm-hmm. And, and I had to know what was true. And so I'd go through the passages and read them repeatedly. Um, how could this be based on the character, the nature of God? And, and, you know, if you wrestle with the difficult scriptures, God will give you light on them. He'll reward those who are earnest seekers. Mm-hmm. I think part of the problem, you put your finger on it, and I know you didn't mean it this way, but when you said, I hope we're not bumming anybody out out there, mm-hmm. you know, the Christian walk is a serious walk. Mm-hmm. And and just because we have a radio program every day doesn't mean we go, hi, everybody's good. Praise the Lord. God loves you and he wants to bless you today. He does. <laughs> but to find those blessings, mm-hmm. we got to work. Mm-hmm. Workmen, rightly dividing the yeah. word of God. Yeah. Not hobby people, mm-hmm. but workmen. Yeah. And uh, over and over, Paul in his epistles, he talks about um, how... He labors and strives. Our Greek words are really hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's pursuing his rewards in heaven. And and I think sometimes we just expect that, hey, I'm saved, I'm a Christian, this book will tell me how to do it and everything's going to be fine. Uh, the, the best example of that in our Christian life, of how easily deceived people are over nothing, is that little book, I think Bruce Wilkinson wrote it, his name, uh, is his name, uh, The Prayer of Jabez. Oh. A little booklet written about one verse in the Bible. And everybody took that and instantly made a formula out of it. Mm-hmm. And everybody was praying, Prayer of Jabez. And, you know, that's just not honest scholarship. That's wishful thinking. <laughs> And, and I just, if we're going to thrive, if we're going to be salt and if we're going to be light, if our lives are going to be filled with joy, even in difficult times, then what we've got to do is we've got to decide once and for all that this word, this Bible that we have is literally the word, the very word of God. Mm-hmm. And if we decide that, then things will make sense to us. But we got to learn to trust God. We got to learn that He's trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, this was kind of my my scripture that the Lord was uh, talking to me about while I was over there, and and it kept coming up several times. You know, He's been telling me for a couple of years, um, "You can trust me." And now my new word is, um, "Be patient with me." Be patient with me, not patient with me, be patient with me. And so in Romans fifteen thirteen, uh, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, uh, for me, Pastor Ron, that's why I think I said to the audience, you know, hope we're not bumming you out because, um, a lot of times, uh, hope and joy um, you know, everything is okay. But that's not the truth. Hope um, and joy and peace, even in the midst of all of this turmoil, um, in my mind, it's not turmoil in the Lord's mind because he knows everything. And, you know, as we pray, I was in um, Atlanta, and it was just bizarre. One of uh, Gail Perez's best friends didn't know anything about this, um, and she saw me. She goes, oh, wow, you're Gail Perez's pastor's wife, and you had just told me what happened, and she didn't know anything about it. And so, you know, I share with her, and then, you know, we're all praying about this. And so did God hear our prayer? Well, of course God hears our prayer. Um, But she, her husband called Victor right away. And when she turned around to me, she had her head shaking left to right like Nehemiah didn't make it. And it was like, oh, no, you know, but we prayed kind of thing. We, nobody said that. We know God hears all of our prayers. But in this particular case, it was no. Um, and so, but 
Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. You know, that scripture that says, um, we grieve, but we don't grieve like those without hope. Mm -hmm. And the joy and the peace um, in believing is we will see little Nehemiah again. Um, and so that I may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the key. Mm -hmm. By the power, power of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. The first part is the petition. Mm -hmm. When you get to that, that's the how-to. Yeah. And we try to do it on our own, yeah. and, and sometimes on our own terms. Mm -hmm. And the only way that that peace that passes understanding is available to anyone is by, by the, the power, power of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. And, you know, that the saying you've been saying for ever, whether you are aware of it or not, is just be with Jesus. And just being with Jesus, you can feel him put his arm around you, and he's crying along with you. And, you know, the hope abounds by the power of the Holy Spirit, that this too is not in vain, and um, I'm working all the things, you know, we don't want to say that too often, but it's true that he is working this. And somehow, some way, we're going to see... Uh, God's glory in and through all of this. But right now, you can hear it in our voices. Yeah. It's just hard. And so that my hope, that I may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus yeah. was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Mm -hmm. And um, in difficult times like this, there's no other source of joy, not happiness, yeah. but joy and peace. Mm -hmm. Um, we have to go where he is. We have yeah. to be with him. Yeah. Instead of asking all the why questions, mm -hmm. ask the who questions. Yeah. And we can't figure God out. What doesn't make sense to us makes sense in heaven. Mm -hmm. We're going to have Nehemiah's Memorial Monday at 5 o'clock. Yeah, so, uh, can, can I take a minute to remind the audience, Easter Sunday, we have two services, Judson High School Performing Arts Center at 8 30 and 1045. We'd love to have you join us. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Date Day Edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.